as we continue to usher in the presence of God this morning, I wanna introduce our speaker this morning, illustrious, dynamic, mighty woman of God, our one and only Pastor Ava of New Life Horizon Church. We welcome, we hear with expectant hearts. We welcome her this morning for the word that she has for us today. So God, I just wanna put her before you, Father God. Let her, be the oracle of God today. I'm asking for a double portion of your anointing spirit upon her this morning. Give her, continue to give her wisdom, clarity, Father God. Discernment, let her speak to hearts today. Father God, let us speak. Let the word today provide insight. Be enlightening to us, Father God. Let it be a prophetic word. Let it be a transformational word, Father God. Let hearts be turned inwards toward you today, this morning. So, Father God, let your word go forth and let it not be void. Let everything that have breath, have life, praise you. So, Father God, we thank you for her life and how you are continuing to use her, Father God. We thank you for her servant's heart in wanting to serve you, God, and for others to serve you. We thank you for her shepherd's heart, Father God, as she tried to bring the flocks together to the glory of your kingdom. Father, we thank you for her leadership, her vision for New Life Horizon Church, for the immediate community and the community around, outward spreading to Kenya, Jamaica, New York, wherever, God. So God, I ask you for continued favor and blessings on her life, on the ministry she is spearheading. Father God, continue to equip her, uplift her, and let her continue to be a beacon for those around us, around her, and those who come in contact with her. God, continue to bless her in a mighty way as she continues to serve you, God. Bless her household, bless her family. God, bless her from the top of her head, from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. 
and God, let our ears be open today and our hearts be just receptive and saturated with you. So we thank you for her life. We thank you for your abiding presence with us. God, in the mighty name of Jesus, let the word that's being delivered today is an untimed word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I, can you hear me? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. He knows us by name. Imagine, he's not guessing. He knows you by name, he knows me by name. He goes even a little further. He knows the very air on your heads. What an intimate God. The minute detail, I say, and counting, trying to count hers. But he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows you by name. And he's interested in every detail about you. And so we thank you this morning, God, for the intimate God you are. Thank you, Father, that you're not a far God, that we have to travel all the way out to climb mountains to reach you. Thank you that when we speak to you, we know you're alive. We're not serving a God that we are walking around with, that we have fashioned with our own hands or that men have, have, have made, but we're serving a God who is the creator of everything. And he chose to look at us mere men and desire to know us by name. What an awesome God we serve. Lord, how many of us get up in the morning and think about an ant? Did the ant eat this morning? Did the ant have clothes to wear this morning? Yet you, so mighty, look down on us mere men who are fashioned by you, and yet you intimately come to know us. And you spend the time to know us by name. God, what a privilege. What a privilege, God. I don't have to get up this morning and dress my God. I don't have to get up this morning and bring food for my God. I don't have to get up this morning and bring water for my God. I don't have to get up this morning beating and whipping myself to please my God. All I come to do, Father, is just to praise you for what you have already done. Praise you for who you are. And Father, you have done so much for us. So we say thank you this morning. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we looked at one of the mandates of New Life Horizon Church. And one of the mandates says we lovingly serve but that's a part A of what we do because then the, 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 the confines are set to, to show us in what, in what do we serve. We serve in authentic relationships. 
And authentic relationships do not happen haphazardly. They are something, they are relationships that persons take time to create and to form and to fashion. And mentioned this morning that authentic authenticity or authentic relation speaks about real and genuine, it's not fake. And so this morning, the topic of my message is authenticity, which speaks of we lovingly serve in authentic relationships. One of the mandates of New Life Horizon Church is that God has called you and I to serve in authentic relationships to develop, to create real relationships among each other, with each other. Not fake, not putting it on, not making, not pretentious, not superficial, but authentic relationship that display and demonstrate his own love to us. The text this morning I'll be looking at is 1 Samuel verse 18, chapter 18, I'm sorry, verses one to four. First Samuel 18, verses 1 to 4. And I will read from, I will read. I'll, so get what, guess what? I'm going to give you a minute to grab your Bible. Let us practice to read from our Bibles. Let us practice to read the word of God. Let our eyes gloss over the page and, and read it and allow the word of God to soak into our spirits. We're accustomed sometimes to have it read for us, but let us change it this morning. We are going to read it this morning. First Samuel 18, verse, chapter 18, verses one to four. As soon as you're there, let me know. Okay, I know that some are quick. We should, should say sword in hand. First Samuel 18, verses one to four. The first one to read it, get to preach next week. <laughs> I wonder who would be the first. <laughs> would I have a competition or nobody would read? <laughs> so that it reads as follows. After David had finished talking to Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David. There was an immediate bond between them because Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact or your verse may say a covenant with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to chapter five, verse five. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. So we see where David 
if you remember, if you if you remember, or if you don't know the story of David, David was a shepherd boy, the last son of his father. And but he was bold. God had him practicing in the in the field when he was tending the sheep. God had him fighting the bear and fighting the lion. And so when he came and he heard about Goliath, this giant that was that was threatening the army of God, he says, you uncircumcised Philistine, how dare you threaten the army or of the living God? And so David offered himself to go and to fight Goliath. And if you, if you, if, if you remember from your, from your Sunday school lesson, he took one stone and one sling and he whirled it and he, he flung it or he threw it and it knocked Goliath to death. Right in his forehead, and he, the, the Goliath, nine feet, whatever inches tall man, fell to the ground and he died from one stone and a ladder. But it, it's not the power of the stone, nor the strength of David's arm, but it was God who directed it exactly where it to go with the power and the force it needed to have to, uh, to kill him. So this morning, that's, the, that's what I want us to look at, that scripture, bearing mind, that it says there was an immediate bond between Jonathan and David. Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. And from that day on, Saul kept David with him. Jonathan made a covenant with David and Donovan, Jonathan sealed the covenant by doing something. So keep that in the back of your mind. As I thought about authenticity, the first thing that comes to my mind, Karen, is a diamond. And I want, Karen is gonna put up a picture and I want you to, to, to see if you can identify. Go ahead, Karen, go ahead. See if you are able to identify which one is the, what is the diamond? Which one is the diamond? See if with your naked eyes, you can identify the diamond. On your screen, it will be the right and the left. Ignore the one in the middle. Look at the one on the left and the one on the right. Which do you think is the diamond? You can open your mic and share it with me. The one on the right. The one on the right, okay. Anybody the else? Right. Yeah, the one on the right. The one on the right, okay. Anyone else? One on the right. On the right, okay. The one that has the clarity, the one on the right. On the right, okay. The one on the right with the clarity, the cut. Okay. And okay, Karen, you can take that picture down. So you are all wrong. <laughs> the one on the left is the diamond. Diamond. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, because the one in the middle. That was a giveaway. No, not necessarily. That was just there. Mm -mm. You see, I was thinking about the illumination, the, the brilliant light. Mm -hmm. The light, yeah. Okay. And that is what relationships sometimes look like. <laughs> mm -hmm. They look sparkling and, it, and, and look as if something's <laughs> happening when in fact they are not real. Cubic zirconia. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is what sometimes our relationship one to another. That's is. so true. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so it. I looked at the left too. Mm -hmm. Why don't you keep that in your mind? 
is my relationship looking like a, a person looking on looking at my relationship with each other or our relationship with each other? Are they seeing that one on the right and saying, yes, that's the diamond. That's a beautiful relationship. When in fact it is false, it is fake. To the untrained eye, the outer appearance of a cubic zirconia gem looks similar to diamonds, mm -hmm. but the, only the jeweler can easily differentiate between a diamond and a cubic zirconia because they differ drastically in beauty, quality, and value. Diamonds begin as a clump of carbon coal. They endure intense heat and pressure from the weight of the overlying rocks bearing down on them about a hundred miles or so below the surface of the earth. And they are brought to the surface by volcanic eruption. Listen to what diamonds go through. The pressure and the heat that the diamonds endure make them the hardest known natural stones in the world. Listen. So the diamonds go through pressure and heat and they endure intense pressure and heat. The pressure and the heat does something to the, to the diamonds or does something to that clump of carbon go coal. It makes them the hardest known natural stone in the world. Their hardness, however, make them the strongest and the most ideal material to cut through metal and glass. Only diamond can cut diamond. Only diamond can cut glass. Because diamonds are so hard, they cannot wear down and they will not scratch. So if you look on your ring on your finger and it has scratches, they are not diamonds. If you find that they are rubbing down, you bought a three cubic diamond and you find that it is down now to about a one and a half cubic, they were never diamonds. The process that makes diamonds so strong and resilient is also the process that makes them so intriguingly beautiful. So without the pressure, without the intense heat, without that volcanic eruption that pushes or forces them out from the earth, diamond would never have been beautiful. So when you're choosing to buy, get married and you want those expensive diamonds, remember what the diamond went through. Diamonds do not fog up easily. If you breathe on them, because the diamond disperses heat instantaneously. So you remember, for some of us who, who, who may have had cubic zirconia rings, remember somebody had to take it out and clean it with a toothpaste. And you clean it, trying to get sheen, because it's not diamond. And so it fogs up easy. The soap scum. When you take a shower 
or when you wash the dishes, it affects the diamonds. Diamonds, though genuine, have some kind of defects, making them imperfect, but unique. No two pieces of diamonds are the same because no two pieces respond to heat and pressure the same way. Cubic zircona, on the other hand, though it bears a strong resemblance to diamonds, they come and come in various colors and they are beautiful and persons may misread them to be diamonds. They aren't. They are man-made gems created in the lab from chemicals with one aim to mimic diamonds. They are flawless because they are made perfect. They are fake and they are common imitation gems that lacks the natural imperfections of diamond. They are hard but they are not natural. They wear down when you rub them against something else. They wear down and they easily scratch. Cubic zircona gems sparkle more than diamonds, and that is why it caught you. But they are not as brilliant because they are fake. The relationships that God has called you and I to lovingly serve in are not cubic zirconia gems, but diamond type, genuine, real, not fake relationships. And so when we, we are called to lovingly serve in that setting, it requires something. An authentic relationship is a heart-to-heart, gut-level friendship. It is not superficial. It is not pretentious. It is not surface-level chit-chat or shallow conversations. It requires intimacy, courage, trust, humility, vulnerability, and honesty about who we are and what is happening in our lives. It is a kind of relationship that frees you and frees me to reveal my feelings, to confess my failures, to disclose my doubts, admit my fears, acknowledge our weaknesses and ask for help and prayer. Authentic relationships are not one-sided. It's not about me pouring out my heart to you and you giving me half of you or half truths about you. It's not about me being open and you being secretive. Authentic relationships are diamonds. They have value because they take time to be built. They don't happen haphazardly. They don't happen overnight. They, they, take, they take hard pressure and heat. 
they endure. They endure even when the diamond is saying, I want to give up. Let me be a lump of coal. It does not have the opportunity to decide what it becomes because here comes that volcano that spits it out. And it is found. From our text this morning, we observed the biblical model of authentic relationships found in David and Jonathan's friendship. Actually, it is one of the deepest and closest friendships, the human friendships recording in the Bible. So we saw Jesus, and we may say, what about Jesus? Jesus had a beautiful relationship with his, his disciples, but they did not know how to love him back equally. The, the friendship of Jonathan and, and, and David withstood the test of time and like a diamond, we can learn from them because remember, you are diamonds and I am diamonds. And so in order for us to have that relationship, we have to learn how does diamonds live together in relationship. This morning, I was tempted to give you 10 points, but I remembered last week you had to endure nine. So I said, let me reduce it to four and tack some things on at the end and hoping <laughs> that it will be a good meal for you. <laughs> Authentic relationships, my first point is, are the effects of God's abundant grace. That begins with awareness and accountability. So Jonathan heard, Jonathan in my mind when I thought about it, would have heard or saw David, the lad who played the harp to relieve his father, King Saul, when the evil spirit came upon him. And that you can find in 1 Samuel 16 verses 14 to 23. He, he would know of David, the lad who slain Goliath, and he more, more than likely would have met him, right? 1 Samuel 17, 41 to 51. But Jonathan became aware of David when he saw or when he observed David's interaction with Saul. And he heard David's heart when he spoke to Saul. So you may see him, you may hear him, but unless you interact and become aware of him, there can be no relationship, right? So it's in the interaction with Saul that Jonathan observed David. And God's abundant grace produced in him an awareness of David that Jonathan became attentive and receptive to David and they became accountability partners to each other. I remembered in 2008 or 2009, time flying, can't remember the exact year, I went to Hawaii with my family. And there we were walking on the streets in Hawaii. I was, I was on vacation. So you know that I wouldn't be dressed like I'm going to church or worse. I don't normally look like I'm going to church anyway. 
But here I am walking on the streets of Hawaii when a woman stopped me and she said to me, she said, you're a Christian. She didn't ask me a question. She was making a statement. She said to me, you're a Christian. And I thought to myself, I said, yes. And after I walked off, I thought to myself and I discussed it with my mom and my daughter who were, who were with me. And I said, but how would she know that I wasn't dressed? Actually, I was wearing a tube top. So my, my top, there was nothing there. That's not how Christians dress, right? Right? That's not how Christians dress. That's not how Christians attire themselves. We are normally wearing more clothes. But she asked, she, she said to me, you're a Christian. And so I wondered what would have made her make such a statement. It was more, it's a statement question because she, she wasn't request, requiring an answer. She was telling me that I'm a Christian. And I realized what now that I am older or I thought about it more, I understood what happened. God's abundant grace in her heart connected with God's abundant grace in my heart and we were able to connect. She became of the God in me and was moved to acknowledge the God in me because of the God in her. So the God in her identified the God in me. Have you ever wondered why a believer in Jesus is so deeply hurt by another? Why does the people of the, in the world, why, or why do the people in the world do not hurt you and I as much as the people in the church? And you'll hear people say, Christians, I have nothing. Christians will say, Christians, I have nothing to do with them. Oh, the Christians, oh no. Have you ever stopped to wonder? Why are we robbed by each other in that way? The love of Jesus shed in our hearts was designed to make us intensely aware of each other. God designed his love in a way that when it got to my heart and into your heart, we were able to identify and the love that was in our hearts we became aware and we would now love each other. You loving me, I loving you. And developing that relationship. It is the love of God in our heart that makes me empathize and, and become compassionate with you and vice versa. It is the love of God in our heart that pulls us together and binds us together in one spirit. But it is the same awareness. That as you become aware of me because of the love of God in our hearts, is the same awareness the enemy uses that makes me and you become aware of each other's faults. So what God has designed to pull us together, the enemy uses the same awareness to separate. It is the love of God in our hearts that pulls us together and binds us together in one spirit. And it's the same awareness the enemy uses that to separate and bring this unity. He highlights everything, every flaw in you. He highlights every flaw in me in your eyes. Especially the ones that the, the, the master jeweler is still polishing. 
when you and I reflect the love of God in our hearts for each other, he becomes the essence of who we are. He brings an awareness of each other. So he allows me to see you and, and to feel close and to feel a bond with you and vice versa. You feel a bond with me because the love of Christ is also shed in your heart and it pulls us together and it knits us together. According to Titus 2.11 to 14, the abundant grace of God brings salvation to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. The glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So God sheds his love in our hearts and makes us aware of others, his people. That's what it says. He says he redeems us from all wickedness and purifies for himself a people. He's purified in us you and he's purified in us me. His very own people who are eager to work along with each other to further the kingdom of God. So God's abundant grace in our hearts make us aware of each other. For, that's my first point. My second point is the same, that authentic relationships are the effects of God's abundant grace that requires unity, and uniqueness. Jonathan was the firstborn son of a king. So imagine he was dressed daily in robes and tunics with his with his with it with it with his bow and his, and, 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 his, and his sword. But David was the last born son of a shepherd living among sheep daily. Their family their lifestyle and their experiences would have made them unique. They were different. David had to fight off the lion and the bear to protect his sheep. Jonathan never had to do that. He would have been more protected because he's the king's son. However, despite their differences, they were able to show that unity can be created even when there is a difference. Differences prove that they do not have to divide you. Their differences prove that they do. We do not have to be divided because of our differences. We are unique. What they had in common was bigger than their differences. They had God's love that united their souls together. Jonathan was drawn inwardly by God's character in David, and that was also in himself. 
So in the Hebrew word for knit that Jonathan was soul was knit or was bond together with David. The Hebrew word is kashar, K-Q-A-S-H-A-R. Kashar means to bind, to tie together. It speaks of the knot of love that binds two people together. It was the same cord, the, the, the same word used that Rahab used to tie that cord, that red scarlet cord to say to the, to the Israelites when they came, this is where I'm living. This is where I am with my family. In Deuteronomy 6, it is the same word that God instructs the Israelites to kashar, bind his word, his commandments as symbols on their head and forehead. The Israelites were unable to keep God's law unless they had a strong and genuine love for God himself. And to accomplish this, they were instructed to bind God's commandments on their minds at all times to ensure that they obeyed them. So Jonathan loved David as his own soul, as his own life, as himself, as his soul, as in an expression of what Kashar means. Jonathan saw in David a reflection of his very essence. He saw something that was also in him. When you and I look at ourselves and when we see God in each other, it's a reflection of ourselves. It's a mirrored image. So Jonathan saw in David one whose kindness mirrored that of God himself. And their friendship was based on commitment to God. In 2 Samuel 1.26, when David learned that Jonathan had died in battle, he grieved for Jonathan, his brother, and said, you were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. And some misread that to think David and Jonathan were homosexuals. But that was not what they are. What their love for each other revealed is that they're the effect of God's abundance grace that is stronger than jealousy, envy, and ambition. It demonstrates that carnal matters are too weak to separate those who are one in heart and soul. It demonstrates that God's love in their heart for each other was too strong to get them to only respond, to respond to the things that are happening to them and around them. The love Jonathan had and David had for each other was the love of God that knitted them together. My question to you this morning, how do you respond to someone who is different than you? that think differently, that is gifted differently, is being used by God in a different capacity than he's using you. How do you respond to someone like that? Because if you think of Jonathan and David, you would, give, you would have an idea of how they responded. Their, their lives were totally different. 
They were from two different families, different social classes, different strata, different statuses altogether. They had different experiences, yet they were able to knit together as one. In Mark 9, verses 33 to 34, the disciples of Jesus argued about who was the greatest. They struggled for personal success and ambition. They were more interested in their self-advancement than they were in advancing the kingdom of God. And though it is not wrong to be ambitious and industrious, Ambition can create this unity, especially when it is motivated by pride or when it is motivated by pride. And pride, you and I know, is sin. When you think of your relationships that you currently have, think about them far and wide. The closest relationship that you have, is it, is, 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 are you knitted in unity? Do you feel knitted with fellow believers in God? Does your love for God bind you with others or are your relation or are you separating because of differences? Let us never miss the opportunity to connect with persons who look differently, act differently, are gifted differently, being used by God differently, or come from even social, different social statuses or classes. My third point today is authentic relationships are the effects of God's abundant grace that requires trust. In verse three, Jonathan made a covenant or what we call a solemn pact with David. It was an oath bound in agreement made before the Lord only because Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. You could not have had such an oath bound in agreement where there was not love. Couples have tried it in marriage and some of us know it, is, it, it, it didn't work because there was no genuine love, because genuine love endures pressure and heat. Genuine love is committed. It was an agreement to be trustworthy. It was an agreement to be confidential. It was an agreement to be accountable, non-judgmental, and loyal. Saul had made an oath to his son. And he said to his son, I would never destroy, I would never kill David in 1 Samuel 19, verse 16. But he could never have had a, an authentic relationship with David because Saul was jealous of David. He was jealous of David's success. He was afraid of David, the lad, loved by the people and loved by God. He was jealous of David who was, who was slain. The song said, David has slain 10,000, but Saul is thousands. 
To Saul, David was a rival. But to David, they, Saul was the king he admired and served. There can never be authentic relationships where there is no trust. In 1 Samuel 19, verse 1, Jonathan revealed his father's plan to David. Look at what trust looked like. Saul had planned to assassinate David because he was jealous of him. And you may ask questions such as, but how could Jonathan be more loyal to his father, to, to David, his friend, than to his father? But Jonathan knew his father's intention. He knew his father's heart. And he also knew David's heart. And Jonathan knew that his father's intention towards David was wrong. He knew that Saul wanted to assassinate David. And he knew that David was not deserving of such fate. And so being the friend that he was or is or was, he warned David, not because he was disloyal to his father, but because he knew that his affection for David was strong and was built on loyalty towards God and to each other. Desiring an authentic relationship is insufficient to have one. And we looked at the, the cubic there corner. The chemist in the lab desires that cubic zirconia looks like diamonds. That's, that's, that, that's, that's, the, that, that's the, the plan from the beginning. Let us design something that comes close to diamonds so that the average man like Ava can purchase something that looks like diamonds. But cubic zirconia is insufficient to be a diamond. And I'm realizing that the only way Saul could have experienced the relationship that Jonathan had with David, he had to address the issues in his heart. So although he, he made an oath with Jonathan that he will never kill David, he, he couldn't, it could not last because he never addressed the issue in his heart that was fighting against authenticity. The issue in his heart that promoted fakeness. The issue in his heart that could not cause that that, 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 that he could not that could, that could not bring them together to be one. Trust is necessary for deeper level or levels with people. I can only go as deep with you as I can trust you with. I can only go as deep with you as I can trust you with me. You can only go as deep with me as you can trust me with you. To trust each other with our secrets today, that will be safe tomorrow. 
is something that people have to be sure because that is what relationships are built on. Can I trust you today with my secret? Can I trust you today with what I consider confidential? Can you trust me? Can I trust you that when I share or when you share with me that I won't gossip? Can we trust each other not to be judgmental? Can we trust each other that when we are in doubt, we will, we will be sure that you will not assume the worst thing or the worst intention and behavior about each other? To trust that our integrity will result in each, uh, each of us choosing courage over comfort. Can we trust each other that way? Can we trust each other that we will do what is right over what is only fun, fast, and easy? Can we trust each other to practice values, not only professing them, but to practice them? Can you trust me to be vulnerable with you? Can I trust you to be vulnerable with me? Can we trust each other to be loyal and to be truthful? Can we trust each other that as we enter into this relationship and we become closer, can we trust that you are working on your art heart issues and I am working on my heart issues. Authentic relationships require persons be willing to be a safe space so that they can have a safe space. I remember having a conversation with my daughter and she said to me, mommy, we have to be what we need in others. What I need you to be, I have to develop in me. What you need in me, you have to develop in you. Because invariably what we need of others are what we are not able to give. A superficial friendship cannot withstand the test of time. It cannot manage the heat and the pressure that the diamond goes through. It cannot, it cannot endure a volcano erupting and pushing it out. That, that, that is intense heat. If our relationships are like cubic zircona, they are going to wear away and disintegrate over time. The truth is, where there is no trust, there is no genuine relationship. Relationships without trust are pretentious and fake. My fourth point this morning is authentic relationships are the effects of God's abundant grace that requires humility, intentionality, and they are an investment. If I was going to give you the 10 point, I would touch each of those one at a time. But I said, let me just gang them together and relieve you of the stress of having 10 points. 
In 1 Samuel 18, verse 4, Jonathan willingly gave David his robe, tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Because Jonathan learned that God had chosen David. Imagine. Remember, Jonathan is the heir of King Saul. He has a claim to the throne when his father is deceased or if his father gets ill. Jonathan is in line for the throne. David is not in line for the throne by no stretch of imagination. Unless it was an act of God. And so Jonathan learned that God had chosen David. And what he did, instead of pursuing his own interests and make and make and made a fuss. He humbly submitted to the will of God and he puts David before himself. That's what authentic relationships look like. I have a friend who every time she speaks to me, she uses the word humility. And, and this morning I said to myself, I need to call her and find, find out from her. Is she giving me a cue? Is she saying something to me? Because what David, Jonathan did was very humbling. That was, that was humility in the heights. He laid down his own interests to honor what God was doing in David. According to 1 Samuel 23, 16, when David was running away from Saul because he had learned that Saul was going to assassinate him again, Jonathan again went to David and he helped and strengthened David in the Lord. He said to David, don't be afraid, David. My father will not lay a hand on you because you will be king over Israel and I am willing to become second to you. And even my father knows this and that is why he's trying to kill you. Jonathan said, David, I know that by, by lineage, I am next in line to be king, but I know that God has chosen you and I am willing to become second to you. I lay my rights down. I'm intentionally laying my rights down so that I can honor you and encourage you and help you to get to the place that God has assigned for you. Jonathan was willing to give up his future, his future, future as a king to become second to a man who in, if we're looking on David, is less than. Because David didn't grow up in the luxury that Jonathan had. He never had the training of a king. He never had it firsthand the way Jonathan would have seen it demonstrated. But Jonathan was intentional. Not only was he honoring his friend, but he was intentionally pursuing relationship with David and David with Jonathan. They both saw loyalty to each other. And you can see that in 1 Samuel 18, 1 Samuel 20, 1 Samuel 23, they invested in each other. In 2 Samuel 4 and in 2 Samuel 9, 1 to 12, Jonathan's investment paid off. Because that's what relationship does. Authentic relationships 
are an investment. It takes time to build. It takes time for a diamond to become a diamond. The, the, the chemist goes in the lab today and by this evening, a cubic zircona is formed. Not so with the diamonds. Not so with the relationships that you are intentionally forming. It requires pressure. It requires heat. It requires intentionality. It requires the diamond staying in place at the coal and allowing the heat and the pressure to, to work and to mold it into what it is to become. Jonathan's investment paid off because later when David became king and Jonathan was dead, Jonathan, David inquired, of the, 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 the persons, of the family members or the descendants of Saul. And he honored Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, and gave him a seat at the table. Authentic relationships pay off. Fake relationships don't, because with fake relationships, they don't think about each other. When they are done, if we're finished laughing and talking, when we are done, we are done. We don't think about each other when it is over. You don't cross my mind. I don't cross my, your mind. You don't cross mine. That's not real relationship. Just as diamond is the symbol of love, affection and commitment that conveys purity, clarity, and eternity. So the same with authentic relationship. They are genuine. They are not one-sided. Jonathan had the same love for David that David had for Jonathan. So how do you and I, every time I get to this question to ask the how do you, I remember a friend that says, how do you? So how do you develop and maintain authentic relationships? First, I'm going to use authenticity as an acronym. Become aware. Awareness is necessary. Become aware of those around you. The, the same people that I spoke to you about in Titus 2, 11 to 14, that God says, I have called a people, I've set apart a people, a people, look around you. Our brothers and sisters in Christ are not our enemies although sometimes it they, they feels that way. They look differently, they act differently. And like you and I, there are clumps, clumps of coal being processed by the master driller. So become aware, allow the same awareness that God puts our place in our hearts to create love and to create bonding. Do not let the enemy use it to bring separation. Unity. The you in authenticity is unity and uniqueness. Strive for unity and uniqueness within the body of Christ. You and I are gifted differently. 
we have different talents. We have different flaws. Because remember I told you that the diamonds are flawed. They have this, this airline crack running through some of them. They call a strain, strain. If running, the cubic zircona don't have it. You can't find any fault because it's all pretending. But it is all of this that makes you and I, the diamond of God, unique. The different gifts, the different talents or different flaws. But again, as I said to you, unity does not happen haphazardly. We have to fight for unity in our uniqueness. I will never think the way you think. I will never respond the way you respond. But we have to fight for our unity, despite our differences. We have to fight for unity, despite our uniqueness. I thought years ago, I, a question came to my mind. Could I live with me? No. Do I want a partner to be like me? No. As much as you love yourself, I can guarantee you, you would not make a good partner for yourself. And that is why God has allowed us to have friends and people around us who are different. The T in authenticity is trust. Become a safe space. To have a safe space. As I shared earlier, in essence, what my daughter was saying, mommy, be a safe space so that you can get a safe space. Because when you are safe, you'll attract safe people. Show support. And allegiance to others. Show support and allegiance to others. Show, demonstrate through your life that you are worthy to be trusted, that you are trustworthy. The H in authenticity says, be humble. Rid yourself of pride and the need to protect yourself. Lower your view of your importance. See yourself lower than others. Humble yourself to what God is doing. Maybe he's using you. Maybe he's not using you. But whatever he's doing, Humble yourself. Do not be proud and arrogant. Be empathetic. That's my the E from authenticity. Be empathetic and encouraging. Understand the need of others, though they may not look like yours. 
And some persons are, are stronger in one area than the other. Some persons are more trusting. Some persons are more aware. Some persons are more unified. Some persons are more humble. We are all at different spectrum areas on the our spectrum. Yes, different places on the spectrum. Be empathetic and encouraging. Jonathan encouraged David in 1 Samuel 23, 16. He encouraged him. He said, David, you are going to be king and I will be second. Don't worry about my father. My father can't lay a hand on you. The truth is, to be empathetic and encouraging, we have to be the shoulder for someone to cry on. But we also have to be the shoulder for someone to climb on. Many times we want to be the shoulder to cry on, but no one can climb on you. Many times we want to be the shoulder to climb on, but no one can cry on you. Be the shoulder to cry on and be the shoulder to climb on. Today, it may be my day and God is saying, I am using you. Be the shoulder that I can climb on because when I get to where I'm, I am, remember that story with Joseph. Joseph was able to interpret their dreams. And when they got there, although it took them two years to remember him, they climbed on his shoulder initially, but he was able after to climb, to be pulled up by their knowledge of him. Imagine if Joseph had said, you know what, all of us in this place, every man for themselves and Jesus for us all. No one would have known that he was able to interpret a dream. No one would have known that when, when, when Pharaoh got that dream and needed someone to interpret it, that Joseph had that ability or that gifting. Be the shoulder to cry on and be the shoulder to climb on. The N in authenticity says be non-judgmental. Jonathan did not judge David's feelings about Saul because when he, when he shared with him that your father wants to kill me, imagine what would have we have said, oh no, my father would not, he's not like that. David, no, my father is not like that. Instead, what Jonathan did, they came together and they devised a plan to check the accuracy of David's feelings. 1 Samuel 20, the entire chapter of 1 Samuel 20. You can read that story. Allow persons to be themselves. Allow them to share their weaknesses, their fears, and to ask for help without judging their motives and being critical. Remember, Matthew 7, 2 tells us that with the same measure we judge, we will be judged. The T in authenticity says be transparent. Being sure, be, be sure that whatever you say is, 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 is truth. 
we cannot trust people who are not transparent. Think about it. If you know of people who tell you half truths, are you going to tell them your full truths? No. If you know persons who give you half, uh, half lies or half truths or, or they drop little nuggets of their lives with you, what are you going to do? You're going to drop little nuggets of your lives with them. You're not going to be open because they are not transparent. So why would you be transparent? That would be a one-sided relationship. You're giving your all, they're giving their sum. The I in authenticity says intentional. Be intentional. Authentic relationships don't just happen. They are intentional investments. So invest your time and your resources where you intend to have a authentic relationship. Invest your time intentionally invest your time in the people you are desiring to have an authentic relationship with. For spouses, for husband and wives, for couples, invest your time where you intend to have an authentic relationship. For friends, invest your time if that's what you desire. The C in authenticity says be confidential. There is a difference between confidentiality and secrecy and secrets and secrecy. Confidentiality says what I share with you is to be kept private between us or between the group in which I share. Secrecy is shrouded in shame. It says, I cannot share my, 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 my deeds or my thoughts or my actions with you because if you truly know me, you would not want to be my friend because I am not good. I am bad. That's what secrecy says. And where secrecy is, there cannot be relationship. Because you are not open. And if I am not open, there cannot be an authentic relationship. It's going to be fake. Balls. The I in intimacy in for, for authenticity says strive for intimacy. Strive to be close. And intimacy don't mean man and woman relationship. Women and women, men and men can have intimate relationship as we saw in David and Jonathan. With it, with, and it was a clean God-loved relationship. It was a relationship that came about as a result of God's grace and God's love. Be truthful. T. Own what you have done wrong and apologize. Many times we can't own where we are wrong. We can't acknowledge where we have gone wrong. We make excuses for what we do. We do not say, you know what, I am wrong. We Sometimes we just don't. We are not honest to own where we are wrong because we feel that if we own that we are wrong, it, it says volume about, it speaks volume about us. No, 
when we do not apologize where you are wrong, it is hard to build a relationship on, on something that is broken that someone did not apologize for. Think about it. If someone, if someone hurt you or if I hurt you and I did not apologize, you're not going to trust me again to be truthful. You're not going to trust me to be honest. A healthy relationship is one where people can own their part and apologize for where they went wrong. That's what a healthy, authentic relationship looks like. Why? Yield. Relationships are hard work. I'm repeating myself, they do not happen haphazardly. They do not just happen by night. You wake up tomorrow morning, we are best friends. No, it requires work. It requires surrendering. Surrendering the relationships to God. It requires surrendering my desire to meet your needs. You, are, you surrendering your desire to meet my needs. Because the truth is we both do things differently. If I'm to do things the way that I want to do it all the time, I'll be only meeting my own need. I can guarantee I'll be meeting yours because I'm so different from you are and you are so different from me. Remember today, maybe my day to give and your day to receive, but tomorrow may just be my day to receive and your day to give. Yield to each other. When you come from the premise of recognizing that just because God has saved you, just because he's working on you, you are already diamond, a lump of clay, a lump of coal rather, a clump of coal. You come to relationship with a different mindset. My beauty is beyond my outer appearance and my speech. My beauty is in my action and my response to situation to conflict, how do I resolve them? Because we cannot avoid conflicts. You will not avoid conflicts. Some of the persons that I'm closest to are the persons that I've fought with them, battled with them with my mouth. And I love them. We end up loving each other out of it. So it's not about the outward appearance. It's not about seeing the cubic corner, which all of you shouted with confidence, the one on the right. When the truth is, cubic corner only mimic what the diamond, what a diamond looks like. Outer appearance, you may, they may look the same. But when a relationship that is built like a diamond authentically. It is constructed in a way that, that criticisms are not meant to tear down, but to build. The truth is when I'm in a relationship that is authentic, I can, I can be open to say to you, you are wrong. 
I can be open to share with you that needs to change. But if I am not, I won't correct you. I'll leave you alone and you will leave me alone. Because there, that, there's not that closeness to correct. So go back to the beginning from where we start. You're a diamond, remember. I wanted to tell yourself, I am a diamond. I am a diamond. So I will go through the thing that diamond go through. If you want to be flawless, if you want to have fake relationships, you cannot be diamond. That's, that's, the, that's the rule of a cubic zircona. If you know that you're a clump of coal that is going through and will go through intense heat and pressure in a relationship, then you are ready for authentic relationships. But if you want it to be easy, if you want to be just go into a lab and come out, yes, flawless and ready, look like diamond, you can't be a diamond. If everything that happens, because what you're trying to develop is, is, is that ability to be, to, not to have a hardened heart, but to be hardened by the thing that the enemy would come to use to destroy the relationship. Cubic zircona wears down, so everything. Imagine a cubic zircona relationship, everything I would say to you and everything that you say to me would be affected by it. And our feelings will be hurt. Easily scratched, easily fogged up. I wash the dishes and the soaps come. You're all messy. I have to be cleaning you with toothpaste. The diamond, the diamond knows that I am going to go through intense heat and pressure to build the relationship that I desire because that relationship, that person will have my back today, tomorrow, next year, next week. For as long as we are friends, you will have my back if the relationship is authentic. But if it isn't, it, is, it comes and go like the wind. So choose today, what relationship do you want to have? Do you want to have the relationship that's the strongest, developed over time by heat and pressure? Or do you want to have one that Shazam's genie from the bottle Flawless, fake, brilliant. According to Laverne, it, it, it illuminates. That's what she, she said when she spoke with confidence. It, it, it illuminates. Because on the outside, that is what unreal relationships look like. Because people just keep jumping around each other. They just jump around each other. They walk on eggshell around each other. Afraid to crack the shell. But for us to develop true, genuine relationship, authentic relationship, we're going to sometimes have to crack those shells and help build them back as they crack your shell, because it's two way. Crack my shell, 
I crack your shell, but we know that we're cracking shells because we're going to glue those shells together with the love of God that will keep us together. So again, I ask, how easy is it to differentiate between a diamond and a cubic zircona gem? And you will decide that based on the relationship that you are fostering with those that God has placed in your life. So Father, I thank you for your word to today. I thank you, Lord God, that we are gems, but not just any, any old gems. We are cubic. We don't want to be cubic, Zarkona, Lord. We want to be diamonds. Lord, a, a, a one cubic diamond any day over a five cubic, cubic over, over a cubic Zarkona. As, a, 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 a diamond dust any day, God over cubic zircona. Because Lord, the truth is we desire genuine relationship. Lord, I want to be myself with those that you have called me to be in relationship with. I want to bear my soul with those who you have called me to be in relationship, God, without worrying if I'm going to be judged, without worrying if I'm going to be gossiped about, without worrying if my secret won't be safe. And God, that's what your people who you have placed in relationship with me. That's what they're desiring. Not one-sided. Not that you know all about me because I can bear my soul to you. But you come and you bring a half of you to the relationship. God, that's not what we desire. We desire to have someone who can hold us and hold our backs. The way Jonathan held on to, on to David. One who can see the best in us and know that today I may be having a bad day, but that is genuinely not me or not you. Or understanding that this is a process that the person is going through. And yes, I'm going to walk with them. I'm going to quarrel with them, but I'm going to walk with them. And we're committing to not leaving each other behind. That yes, my shoulder will be a shoulder to cry on but it's also a shoulder to climb on. So Father, I pray today that that's what we would desire out of our relationship, trust, honesty, humility, empathy, and encouragers, confidentiality, unity and uniqueness, allowing me to be me because I am nobody else and you are nobody else. I cannot be you and you cannot be me. Father, that is what I desire. And I'm assuming that is what your people listening to my voice are desiring today. A relationship that is real and authentic. And so, Father, I just thank you today. I thank you, Father. I thank you for bringing us and for calling us this way. Because, Lord, the truth is, there are many who you have mandated 
But for NLH, you said your mandate is to lovingly serve in authentic relationship. You are specific in the way we serve. You did not say just to serve and to go and to missionaries and to take on the world. You were specific in the way we serve. So we recognize, God, that we will never fulfill your mandate unless we are doing it step by step in the manner, in the way that you have outlined for us. Lovingly serve, genuine from a place of genuine love in genuine relationships. And so, Father, where we are weak, where we are short, where we have missed the mark and are already missing the mark, help us. Help us to be forgiving. Give us a heart of forgiveness that we can forgive those who have hurt us and help those that we have hurt to forgive us because we have done damage as much as damage has been done to us. Help us to have trusting hearts to trust people that you have brought and will bring into our lives. The Father be glorified today as I declare over your people today that they are diamonds. They are diamonds, various sized diamonds with different flaws, but diamonds nonetheless, that you, the master jeweler, you are polishing. You are shaping and you're giving them the cut, whether the emerald cut or the, or, 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 or the, the circular cut. But Lord, a hard cut, but it's a cut nonetheless based off our own uniqueness. And so, Father, I give you thanks. And I bless your name today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.